Welcome back to Tiger Talk on this Wednesday night. Appreciate you joining us. Mike Carpet again back with you. Turn our attention now to the Nevada Tiger basketball program of head coach Sean Gray. As the uh, Tigers get ready for, of course, the uh, Kansas Army National Guard front neck invitational tomorrow through Saturday. But right now they've been in the midst of Big 8 West Division play, including last night at Seneca and last Friday down at East Newton. Mixed results over the last week, and uh, we're going to break each one of those down. But uh, I guess uh, over the course of the last couple of days, uh, or last couple of games, Sean, uh, uh, some lessons, uh, I guess, learned, I guess. Uh, every once in a while, you're going to run into these little uh, speed bumps, and it's just a matter of how you handle them, how you move forward from them. That's right, Mike. Um, actually, I just saw that the longtime DeMatha boys basketball coach, Morgan Wooten, uh, passed away yesterday, and he's the one that I think kind of coined this phrase that you learn more in losing than you do in winning. And uh, it's been a great teacher for us. We've had some some to-the-point practices where some things like attacking zone, defense, um, being aggressive uh, against the zone, understanding some some better ways to attack it, uh, we've gotten better from it. And then, you know, defensively understanding that even teams that you have more athleticism than, if you allow them to get what they want, uh, they can still hurt you. And uh, it, it's a tough teacher. It's it's one that obviously we don't like. Um but uh, we've gotten better from it, and, and uh, we saw some improvement last night. Well, let's talk about uh, – let's break each game down. We'll start with East Newton on Friday night. Uh, certainly got off to a decent enough start as uh, jumped out quick in that ball game. Uh, 17-12 out of the first quarter, 35-24 at the half. Uh, so appeared to have things uh, well in hand. Uh, but uh, then the, the tide turned in, in the third quarter, and uh, they were able to outscore Nevada 17-9 in the uh, third quarter of play. And that prompted their comeback. And uh, – how did uh, I guess what were the things that when you went back and reviewed it that enabled them to get back in the game number one and ultimately get that victory? Yeah, first and foremost, Coach Fields did a great job of having his kids prepared to dictate the pace of play, and it's something that we do when we play teams that we feel like have a lot of firepower. We try to limit the possessions and and, and slow the game down a little bit, and that's definitely what East Newton wanted to do to us. In the first half, and especially when East Newton guarded us man-to-man, we were still able to execute on the offensive end. Um, but then a couple of things happened. They went to his own defense. We were a little bit frustrated offensively. I, I, we didn't always attack that the right way. Didn't always get the shots that we wanted. Some some silly turnovers. And then I think we allowed some of that frustration to carry into the defensive end where we were, I think, more thinking about well, why aren't we scoring? Why aren't we getting looks? And we weren't always sprinting back as hard as we could on the defensive end, and we were reactionary defensively. We allowed them to get the ball into the post too early and too often. And the the, the Lehman kid has some good footwork inside, very fundamental. Um, and then the Kimbrough kid hit some tough shots for him, but they were very efficient offensively. I think they only missed two shots in the second half. And then on the flip side – we were not very efficient. We took some iffy shots uh, and had too, too too many turnovers. But I think it was them dictating the pace of play and then us defensively being reactionary. I think those two things were, were really the two big reasons why they were able to get back in it. 50-49 to 49 was the final, and it was their courtwarming night. They had a big crowd on hand. And, uh, uh, and of course, they're right on top of you in a smaller gym at East Newton. So well, it's amazing how sometimes it's, it's just hard to stop that flood when it, when it starts to come in on shore. It is, and, and you know, going back on film, 
the Kimbrough kid, those two jumpers he hit in the fourth quarter, very tough shots. And that last one, you you watch that back. I mean, his entire body is facing the stands, and he jumps up and turns in midair and shoots that and misses it by a pretty big margin, bounces up, <laughs> comes back down, goes in. You're right, momentum and, and kind of the tide, uh, especially in, in an atmosphere like that. So it, it can be a hard thing to go against. And proud of our guys, though. They came right back. We we, we got penetration, got a kick, got a shot to, to win the game and had two offensive rebounders in position. And then again, we've got Dalton and Noah around the rim who are our, our two leading offensive rebounders. And the ball hits and takes a wanky bounce towards the baseline to where neither one of the two can get it. Um, yeah, they, they got momentum on their side and it, and it went their way. And what we talked to our guys about is, is we have to play well enough. We have to be a good enough version of ourselves to where those bounces and things like that aren't what end up getting you beat. And unfortunately, that was the case on Friday. Yeah, Logan McNeely hit a big three for you in the, in the fourth quarter and uh, put you up by one, 48-47, I think. Uh, puts you up uh, 49-48, something along that line. Anyway, puts you up one and got uh, kind of quieted the crowd a little bit when he hit that three. But, uh, you know, credit East Newton. They had the answer on the other end. They did. That was a big shot. And, and our guys defended it well. And You know, the shots that we want to give up are contested, tough, long two-point shots. We don't want to give up easy threes. We don't want to give up layups. And the the shot that he took was was a tough one for him for sure. You know, that three that Logan hit, that was one of the possessions in the second half where we did penetrate the zone, collapse it, play inside out. Unfortunately, we didn't do that nearly enough. And, and I, we saw last night when Seneca went zone, we did a better job of doing that. And so we have learned from it. Unfortunately, uh, Dropped a conference game to to a good team and uh, kind of put ourselves at the mercy of, of of the other conference schools as far as the conference race goes. But we want to compliment Coach Fields and those East Newton kids. They were a gritty, uh, hardworking team, and then and they they were really they were just a tougher team on Friday night, and uh, they, they earned the victory. Yeah, dropped Nevada to two and one in uh, conference play, and did pick up another conference win last night. Though of course at Seneca, which we're going to get to in our second East Newton, that was our conference opener. Pardon me, put them at uh, 1-0 in conference play. So they still have five conference games to play. Basically, your hope is right now you uh, continue on to, to get victories, and then they end up with more than one loss. And that's pretty much your hope at this point. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's kind of what we have to go for. I mean, you could hope for a three-way tie maybe to where three teams all have one loss and then see how that would all mm-hmm. shake out. But um, obviously, in a perfect world, you'd like to play home in a way to where you have a little <laughs> bit more control of, of, of that. But – we don't, and uh, we talked going in that we thought our early stretch of conference games could very likely be our tougher stretch. Um, unfortunately, didn't get the job done uh, against East Newton, but uh, we'll see what happens, Mike, and no matter what happens, this, this group's going to continue to improve, and, and uh, they're, they're a tough-minded group that's gotten better from this. All right, so let's talk about last night. You went on to Seneca to take on uh, the Indians, uh, come back with a 20-point victory, 53-33. Again, a good quick start, uh, 15-6 out of the first quarter of play, and uh, Coming in, hitting the first couple of threes. Logan Applegate has first two threes uh, from the from the wing. Uh, he ends up as your leading scorer with 20 points last night. This is a game, though, that you had control of at half, 25-17. And uh, Seneca may have made a little mini run every now and then, but you you had control the entire second half this time. Yeah, our guys came out and, and did a good job of understanding how Seneca was guarding us, flooding the paint. Um, I think the Pistons started that defense where they would put just a big, thick, wide-bodied, 
defender and, and, and just leave that guy in the lane and, and guard everyone else man to man on on the outside and not a bad strategy and it did it frustrated us at times, but overall I thought our guys moved well. Logan understood that he had some opportunities from the perimeter. Um, got some turnovers which helped us get out and go. And we talk a lot about good defense leads to easy offense and, and I thought at times last night that was really big for us was getting some stops getting some deflections and then getting out and scoring in transition not a big offensive nine fifty three points uh Dalton game and also double figures with 13 uh but uh just from uh and I wasn't doing play by play last night but I was there obviously doing a uh, video work I saw it, it just seemed to me that uh Logan Apple Applegate with two Logans Logan Applegate was more aggressive offensively here lately he's been more of a distributor and hasn't been looking to score a lot Last night he was, uh, and again I know Tony asked us on post game last night, but was that a, was that a message to him to get more aggressive, or was it just just his night? I think a little bit of both, Mike. Logan is a kid who understands there are nights when he'll be a distributor and have five, six, seven, eight assists, and there are nights when we'll need him to score. Based on the way Seneca was guarding us and just taking away the inside game, I think he knew it was a night where we needed him to to step up and, and do a little bit more. And then I think also after the East Newton game in which we really thought there were driving opportunities that we did not take advantage of, we looked at that. I think he's realized that he can do more of that maybe and, and look to score for himself, but look to get to the free throw line, which he's a great free throw shooter and, and his free throw attempts are down a little bit from where they were even a year ago. And then make a defense collapse, play inside out, and then everyone else will score as well. So I think it was twofold. It was the way Seneca guarded us. He took advantage of it. And then also, I think, after the East Newton game, realized that he needs to take more advantage of, of his driving opportunities. Last night in the first half, you kind of, had an interesting moment in the first half where you had to send a message or two. We, kind of, we saw a little bit of what we saw in the second half of East Newton creeping up in the first half last night at East Newton, Make, maybe making an extra pass that didn't be made really not knowing, making a pass that shouldn't have been made, uh, whatever. Did you see some of the East Newton second half coming back in the first half and said, of last night's game at Seneca and say, okay, we're going to nip this in the bud right now? We saw some la-di-da, lackadaisical, uh, just carelessness with the basketball. And that and that's something that this group, this group is too talented and too good to just give away possessions to teams. Because when you do that, you give a team – a chance and and we address that and 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 two things Mike one we want to try to to work our rotation to where we're getting guys some rest so that we're more fresh late in games that's number one but number two we also sometimes it takes just a quick wake-up call to say hey we're better than this we know that let's refocus and and make sure that we're making good decisions with the basketball. So I think we got both of those things accomplished last night. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, and, and it's, one thing, it's one thing to be on social, it's another thing to say, you know what, the guy's not going to be offended if you don't pass the ball and just go ahead and shoot that layup. <laughs> yep, yep. There are times when your shot is the best shot. And, and listen, if you're going to have a problem with the team one way or the other, you want the problem to be that they're too unselfish. And at times, that's what this group is. But overall, this group shares the ball really well, and we love the way that they share it with each other. Well, the good news was, of course, you got a bounce-back victory and uh, got at least a chance to kind of put that uh, disappointment at East Newton behind you and uh, and uh, give you the opportunity to move forward now for the remainder of your season. Yeah. Anytime you have a tough one, you want to get back on the right track. And we were pleased with the guys in practice on Monday – uh, watched a lot of film, uh, had a lot of discussions about some things that we needed to just hash out, so to speak. 
and then had a short and to-the-point practice that, that we thought was very effective, and it, it felt good to, to get a lot of things corrected. That being said, our guys know that was not our, our very, very best basketball mm-hmm. game and that we want to continue to get better, continue to, to push ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves. And if we do that, we can put ourselves in a position this week to get back to where we were early in the season. And, and this is a tournament with some good ball clubs, some teams that will test us defensively. And uh, it should be some good challenges coming up the next three days. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, the Friday night tournament uh, is coming up. That's uh, Nevada's only action next week. Do not play the first half of next week after the uh, tournament at Frontenac. Uh, don't play again until the 31st at Carthage. So let's talk about it. Uh, gives us some time to spend on Frontenac uh, and the Kansas Army National Guard Frontenac Invitational. And uh, Nevada is sitting on the one line, but again, that can be a little bit of a misnomer. It's a they because they have to see this tournament a little bit differently than most because the teams do come from such a wide variety of backgrounds and different geography and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's always been done by seeding or sorry by record. This year they threw a couple more wrinkles in there to make sure teams don't play the same team that they did the year before, so on and so forth. Talk about it looks like everybody's back from a year ago. So talk. Let's first of all talk about the overall strength of the tournament at Frontenac before you break down your first couple of games. Okay, Mike. So, um, yeah, Paul Colton, the, the Frontenac AD, does a really good job, and, he, and he, he sent a message out that I think after having done this for a few years and with teams from outside the region coming over, there have been times when, when a one or two seed has maybe went winless in the tournament or, or, yeah. or maybe won the, the seventh or fifth place game. Well, they won a first-round game as an eight seed in one year. Correct. So, I think the realization has hit home that going strictly off of record is not the best way to see the tournament, given the fact that so many teams place a variety of schedules. Then he looked at, okay, sometimes you come to a tournament like this because you want to see some different competition. You look at Riverton and Frontenac, for instance, that are in the same conference. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of years, Web City and us will have, have met each other before in, in a previous tournament. So, he wanted to do his due diligence to avoid some some common opponents in that way. But he also did want to stay true to record as much as possible. And you look at it, and I think this is as good a job as they've done in a while of getting this seated, probably pretty true to form. And, and you look at the field, and you've got Webb City on the other side, who record is not a good indication mm-hmm. of the type of team they are. They played a Joplin team at Joplin last week into overtime. I think Joplin's already got 11 or 12 wins on the year. One of the very best teams in Southwest Missouri. Webb City very easily could have won that game. They played in the R-Vest down in Arkansas against two or three of the best teams in the state of Arkansas. They've lost some games to some really good teams. I watched them play William Christman, who our first loss of the season was to. Webb City could have very easily won that game. That game came down toward to the end as well. So I think that they're going to be a tough out in this tournament. They've got a good chance to advance the championship game. Then you look at Frontenac on their home floor, Mike, and that gym, they fill it up. They've got a good fan base there. Frontenac was picked to win the CNC League uh, before the season began. They have a lot of kids back from last year. And it seems like Frontenac typically is a little bit of a slow starting team, and there's been a lot of years going into this tournament where they might have two or three or four losses, and then at the end of the year, maybe they win the CNC, maybe they win their sub-state. So I think both those teams are, 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 are solid on the other side. The Pacific Indians on our side of the bracket, um, Coach Van Leer does a great job with them. They're a team that, like Webb City, plays a very, very difficult schedule, and they may have five or six losses, but 
they're going to be a team that, that will be tough for anyone to beat. They've won this tournament a, a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. and He had a really young team a year ago, almost everyone back from last year's team. I look for them to be a tough out. So I'd say those four teams, or, or those three including us, are towards the top of this bracket. And you've got some well-coached teams in Riverton and Fort Scott. So um, anything can happen. It should be a good field, and we're excited for, for three good competitive basketball games. Well, it's always a great tournament to go down. It's a great experience, and we always get a great turnout down there from people because it is a short drive for Nevada fans to make their way down there. And Nevada's had good success in this tournament, and I uh, look forward to that continuing. Tomorrow night, or sorry, tomorrow after, well, I guess tomorrow night. It will be dark at 530. Uh, tomorrow you take on uh, the Panthers of Wichita Independent. This is a team that we actually have kind of avoided over the last couple of years, and not avoided intentionally, we just haven't, haven't seen them, haven't matched up so uh, this year you do uh, so talk about the Panthers of Wichita Independent and uh, they will not impress anybody with their record but uh, probably got some good individual pieces they do Mike uh, you know a private school in the Wichita area um, a little bit smaller school I think they're a class two school when we first got into this tournament they had some really solid teams that were either championship or third place type teams uh, They've struggled a little bit this season. Part of that due to the fact that they're starting center. Uh, they've got a senior last name Little who's averaging about 10 points a game for him. Now, he's only been back for four or five games. And without him, I, I think they really did struggle quite a bit. Now, they're, they've got a really good athlete, a junior last name Gwen, averaging a, a, over 11 points a game. And watching him on film, he's about 6'3", really, really long. They like to get up and pressure a little bit and in the games where they've been able to get deflections get their hands on on some passes and score in transition they've had more success if teams are able to handle their pressure and and make it a half court ball game they have struggled just a little bit having their starting center back helps gives them a little more interior defense so this will be a game Mike where if we're fundamental if we value the basketball we should be able to score the ball. Um, and then if we execute our, our, our plan defensively, uh, we should be able to have a good defensive night as well. It all comes down to, do we do the little things right? Are we the best versions of ourselves? If so, this is a ball club we should be able to advance against. If we allow them to shoot catch and shoot, horse three balls, if we're lackadaisical with the ball, we allow them to hang around. And anytime you allow an underdog to hang around, they would have a chance to beat you. So it, it, it'll be a good challenge just to see where our mindset is and, and if, we're, if we're ready to come out and do the little things right on Thursday. A game again at 5.30. If you're headed down, it will be in the old gym uh, at Frontenac. Again, we uh, haven't seen the old gym a lot over the last couple of years, so uh, we'll be getting acquainted with it again. Uh, both Nevada games are in the old gym uh, tomorrow at 5.30, and the girls again at 7.00. Uh, when they take on the uh, Lady Bears of William Christman, uh, when you play in that that smaller gym at Frontenac, it's a, it's such a different feel than than the new gym at Frontenac. It is, you know, it it, it takes you back to some. I mean, I can remember my days playing at Bernal, some small school <laughs> basketball. There's not much room on the sides or on the ends, and um, we've had guys in the past though. Uh, when we have played there, have some really big nights in that gym. And I don't know what it is about it, but it's a different feel. It'll be important for us to get there early to, to make sure that we get accustomed to it, get some shots up. But, uh, you know, it, it it is what it is. I think you'd obviously like to be in the big gym if you could be. But, again, they I think that they want to alternate it so that teams aren't year in and year out just stuck in that gym. And, um, you know, regardless of where we're playing, uh, we'll just have to go out and, uh, and play to the best of our abilities. 
The Vader would play either Riverton or uh, Pacific. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pacific, it's over in the St. Louis area. And uh, that game, either way, would be at 5.30 on Friday. So uh, have you spent any time thinking about Riverton and Pacific? Do you think might come out of that? Yeah, we've got some film on them. And uh, based on results from years past, you would think Pacific's probably the favorite. A little bit larger school play, I think. I, you know, I think Riverton would even agree to play a much tougher schedule. Uh, Riverton's improved from a year ago, though. Um, Grant Wolf, Nevada basketball mm-hmm. alum, is is uh, an assistant coach at Riverton. He's doing his student teaching student teaching over there, and uh, he's talked about how on on a given night they play well enough they can beat a lot of teams, and then on on other nights um, they're pretty beatable as well. So we'll be excited to watch that game, uh, to watch Coach Wolf on the on the bench, and then uh, to see who comes out of that. But uh, whoever it is, it will be a well-coached team that, that we'll have to play well against. Their game is at 8.30 tomorrow night, also in the old gym. Uh, the other first-round games, uh, Frontenac Raiders against uh, Providence Academy uh, Patriots. That's out of Rogers, Arkansas, at 7 in the new gym uh, tomorrow night. And in the Web City-Fort Scott game, Web City and Fort Scott battle at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, and then that's in the new gym at Frontenac. So those are the other two first-round games. Uh, Providence Academy, a uh, team that a lot of people obviously around here wouldn't be familiar with. Uh, understand they have a new coach and uh, maybe some uh, different players than what they had a year ago. A year ago, they were really solid, Mike. And um, Web City played them in a, in a tough ball game in the semis that Web City had made a big comeback to win. Um, they, My understanding is they did go through a coaching change. And, and sometimes in those private schools, you there's a little more fluctuation on your roster from year to year as opposed to what you get you know in our typical setting so they look to to be a little bit down from from what they were a year ago oh, they'll take on Frontenac uh, tomorrow Frontenac is playing at 1 30 on Friday afternoon either way they're gonna play a student uh, assembly game uh, a lot of we're seeing a lot of that uh, here lately Joplin did that during their tournament uh, Frontenac, uh, I know they did that a year ago as well. Uh, whether they win or lose, they're going to play at one thirty on Friday afternoon in front of their uh, student body. And uh, we, I think wrestling kind of started this, and basketball's kind of adapted to it. And it's, it's kind of a neat deal to do. It really is. And talking to the Joplin people when, when they did it, and I mean, I think especially when it's a situation where maybe you wouldn't get a typical Friday night packed house type mm-hmm. crowd to incorporate this it, it, it's good twofold you get a bigger crowd it's more exciting for your players and then it exposes your student body to some some of those some of those kids might not ever really consider going to a game that they're like hey this is pretty fun and and and, and really it's a it's a win-win situation for everybody and it does get more teams in the new gym on friday as well because they don't have an 8 30 game now in the old gym on friday night they'll play that in the new gym so uh, that part that bottom part of the bracket actually came out pretty well in that regard should be a great tournament it's always a lot of fun at frontenac it's always uh, one of my favorite stops as well so look forward to it three really good days of basketball thursday friday saturday it's almost like the old gym and the new gym are kind of different cities you <laughs> You forget that they're on such they're, they're so far apart that's like you forget that they're down there on the other end of the school and it's uh, it's quite a walk to get there in fact they actually have three gyms in that in that mm-hmm. building so yeah. uh, they're blessed with those facilities down there you got a break early next week after playing four games this week no action early next week you got a week off uh, almost a week so uh, after this tournament and playing so much basketball, I'm sure you're looking forward to the first half of next week to get a little bit of time to uh, address some things and get ready for this final regular season stretch. Yeah, we are, Mike. I mean, I think on the practice schedule for this month, we put to be determined on a couple of those early week practices. Just, I think 
we as a coaching staff will evaluate kind of where we think our guys at are, are at physically and mentally, and then we'll kind of come up with a plan for how we want to address those days off. And might be a good time to, to sneak our senior practice in there at some point to kind of lighten the mood and reset things for some guys. But it, it will be nice to, to kind of have a, a chance to catch our breath a little bit. And we've seen, uh, I should have mentioned this earlier, we saw you've been uh, pretty heavy with your five players that uh, are on the, on the court. Last night we saw a little more, a little bit more of more rotation uh, from six and seven with obviously uh, uh, Grant Miller and uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew Thorpe last night, and uh, and I'm sure that's important as you get ready to go to the month of February in this final stretch to make sure you start saving legs for the postseason play. It is, Mike, and those are two guys who work their tails off, uh, four-year seniors in the program, and w- early on we didn't feel as comfortable with it. We've continued to improve in some areas and I think as the season goes along I, I think that that's something we'll be able to continue to do more of all right look forward to it look forward to the front neck tournament wish you the best of luck and uh, I'll see you down there at front neck tomorrow yeah I mean can't say this enough we would love to see the community come down mm-hmm. you can watch the boys and the girls and uh, it's, it's it is a great tournament they actually have a hospitality room for our players mm-hmm. as well which isn't something you always see so it's it's an exciting week and, and something we're really looking forward to and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you down there as well yeah of course as you know if you like if you like chicken you can't go wrong in the area yeah my uh <laughs> you know my 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 parents make it a point to come to several of our games throughout the year but I always ask my dad if it's if it's the basketball or the chicken that that he, he tends to make at least two out of three of the of the games at Frontenac. I, I, I'm just torn going to this tournament because hospitality room or chicken. What am I, what am I, chicken Mary's. What no am I one do? will fault you if you choose both, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. We do have another tournament coming up. So. <laughs> yep. Appreciate the time, and uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Tiger head coach Sean Gray, and we come back wrestling on the agenda. The Innovative Tigers uh, head wrestling coach David Hawks comes in and talks with Tony Abadie after this timeout on Tiger Talk.